Welcome in to the new PFF NFL Daily. Here's a recent snippet from the PFF NFL podcast. All right, let's go Cleveland Browns 13, Pittsburgh Steelers 10. Browns move to 7-3, and three. Steelers fall to 6-4. and four. Low scoring game all throughout, of course. Um, but you had Jalen Warren, who's going to be a topic of conversation. Jalen Warren, who was declared the starter this week by mm. the Steelers, uh, breaks off a 74-yarder. There was a point in the game where the Steelers had, well, he had all of their yards, basically, yes. on that 74-yarder. I mean, forget just the Steelers. He was the only thing functioning on offense in this game for most of it, for both sides. I have, I have many Jalen Warren stats. I have a few. Perfect. To highlight Let's go. at what some point. But he's, he had the 74-yarder. Yep. All right. Well, let's just go through all the Jalen Warren stats here for, did you for see, the Steelers. Uh, did you see the – Ben was complaining about this yesterday. Did you see the NGS numbers on that run? No. The rushing yards expected stuff? So guess what the expected rushing yards was on that I mean, it should be at yard. least 10. Six. He's out in space. Yeah, but there's an unblocked linebacker. It was fascinating, like, trying to work out what it's actually factoring in, right? So at the point where he's getting the ball – there's a completely unaccounted for linebacker heading in his general direction. No, I guess I am. Um, which I think it was assuming the tight end was going to come off and, and grab hold of. And then Ben has identified essentially this. So Ben is like, well, if they're, if they're not factoring in that linebacker, the expected yard should be like 25. And if they are, it should be nothing, right? Where's six coming from? And then he managed to, hide, he managed to sort of freeze frame this moment where there's like a cut up towards the sort of B or C gap somewhere, not all the way to the outside where the space ends up being. And you're like, there's your six yards. Uh, and then they end up, you know, getting onto the outside and he's gone. It was Newsom, I think, had a shot at him. And then once he missed that shot. Yeah, I've said when it comes to the expectation models, I mean, I guess I kind of, I guess I kind of get it. You got By the somebody way, unblocked. Two people I wanted to mention on that play, in addition to Jalen Warren making the amazing things happen. Miles Boykin, of all people, was the, the receiver escorting him all the way down the field. Like, Boykin yeah. made a hell of a, an effort to get in front and make sure nobody could chase him down. And then the other guy, from the other side of the field, Calvin Austin set, like, a top five uh, miles per hour figure, not getting there to block, just to celebrate. Yeah. I was no, like, that's, oh, That's he's... how you get your top speeds. Yeah, yeah. I was Thank looking you. at it, and I was like, oh, he's going to chase down. He's going to make a block. Like, he's going to get to where Boykin was and make sure nobody could get there. No, he was just heading to the end zone to celebrate with Warren. I can kind of get this as six. <laughs> I also thought it was going to be a fun one for the Steelers narrative because Broderick Jones was out in front. Ah. So it's like, oh, you run behind Broderick, you get 74 yards. I mean, he just kind of pulls out, half sets the edge. I mean, makes Denzel Ward go around him. Um, Broderick actually did have a, a pretty good game. but um, So Jalen Warren had 74 yards on this one run, the one touchdown that the Steelers scored. Steelers had 175 yards on their 56 other plays. That's 3.1 per play on their 56 plays, and then one play for 74 to Jalen Warren. We had joked about, hey, the last time these teams played, the Steelers did nothing on offense and then had a 74-yard play or whatever it was. Yeah. To, uh, it was, was this the Austin, George Pickens or the Calvin Austin I think it was one? Austin. But this is like the third game this year where the Steelers did nothing on 98% of their plays and then had one big 70-plus-yard play. Yeah. Um, Jalen Warren in particular, since Week 7, because I was looking up some Jameer Gibbs cutoffs in Week 7, and while I was there— They did get outgained again. Yeah, of course. I was just checking. Well, because the Browns had no offense. Oh, yeah, and like, they were still outgained. Yeah. yeah. So while I was there, I'm looking at, you know, I was looking up some Jameer Gibbs stats, which are very good and we'll get to. 
Um, but Jalen Warren's are even more fun. Since week seven, Jalen Warren is second in the league in rushing yards. Um, he's first in missed tackles forced. Mm-hmm. And he's 33rd in carries. <laughs> so no one has forced more missed tackles than Jalen Warren since week seven. He's 33rd in carries to do that and second in rushing yards. This is uh, Devin Achan type of stuff when Achan's healthy. Um, so he was declared the starter, mm. Jalen Warren. And he ends up with fewer carries than Najee Harris. Najee has a 17-yarder, goes 12 carries for 35 yards, including a 17-yarder, which was basically a draw on third and a million for 17, where the defense let him yeah. get that. So Najee he, was really like 11 for 33, uh, do the math, 18 yards, 11 carries for 18 yards, really. I mean, he really, it, it's, it's hyperbole, but Jalen Warren really was the only thing functioning on offense in this game on either side of the ball. And Mike Tomlin was asked after the game, like, you know, should Jalen Warren have been more involved? Like, do you regret, I think, not giving the ball more? Something like that, right? And he sort of came out with the usual steadfast, no, we make these decisions, like, these are what we, like, th- we thought this was the best way, yada, yada. Like, the standard, like, I have no regrets in anything in an offense that didn't function again. It's like, I, I find this quite difficult because on the one hand, it's very difficult, big picture, to criticize Mike Tomlin, right? The man is a wizard and gets significantly more than in terms of results, then he has any business getting given where the team is right now and does year on year, right? Like this idea of never having a losing season. There is something to that. So big picture, culture-wise, whatever it is that Tomlin does in that building works overall. On the other hand, we're going on, you know, a year and a half, two years now of a non-functional bad offense. So at what point should you not be defending this and making some changes that are more radical than bringing the bad coach down from the booth, right? Because that's been the change so far. Right. It's like, well, clearly booth to sideline didn't make the coach magically fix everything, right? So should we be looking at something more fundamental as a shift? Or from Tomlin's perspective, is it like the only thing we have going for us is this siege mentality, us against the world, like dig in, boys, we're going to get it done anyway. And as soon as I erode that by saying, actually, there's a problem inside the building, the whole thing, like the whole deck of cards falls apart. Yeah, it's a tricky one, right? Because I feel like most people are, the way that you would say it is, hey, Mike, almost everything you're doing is great. Keep everything you're doing. <laughs> the compliment sandwich? Yeah. There's just a couple decisions you're making here, right? Offensively, you know, what we're doing, a couple players here and there, just a couple decisions. If we could just get those better, we'll be okay. But still, be the guy that, you know, elevates the team and, you know, gets the most out of the squad and goes 9-8 and eight when you really should have five wins. And you're doing a great job of that. Just, you know, pick a better play caller. That type of thing. Mm. I think that's what people are expecting. We're more than halfway through the NFL season, almost. That's what it tells me, though. That's what it tells me. Yeah. But DraftKings Sportsbook still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Bet on anything. 5 bucks. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener, a sweetener offer every single game this October. You can get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code PFF. So you can go check out Monday Night Football tonight. You got Niners. You got the Vikings. You can go do it right now. If you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code PFF. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in ONT, Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com. Sorry, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. I just uh, think it, so that that's the kind of stuff that's very difficult to gauge from a coaching perspective because it's completely intangible and completely internal, right? Sure. Like these are these are the ways I think th- these things are probably quite a large part of why teams win or lose over the course of a season. It's that culture stuff. It's how the building feels. It's how going to work in a morning feels for every single player. And it might not have any actual connection to like rational decisions that are made about the team. So everyone from the outside is looking at this and going, there are obvious problems that have quite easy solutions or at least solutions that need to be tried in order to make this thing function. But from Tomlin's point of view internally, he might be, if I make this change, my like my magical quality on this thing immediately disappears. And therefore, I can't make the change no matter how obvious it is that I need to make it. And like the, the only thing he can do is hang on to the offseason and make the change that should have been made last offseason. Uh, Kenny Pickett, another pedestrian stat line and outing, 15 of 28 for 106, 3.8 yards per attempt. Um, is this um, yards per attempt agami? I don't know. Both yards per yeah. attempt agami. I yeah. don't think that's a thing. Well, it is now. Both quarterbacks averaged exactly 3.8 yards per attempt. When you're watching this game, Sam, did you did you feel that? Yes, definitely felt it. Uh, so you had some Jalen Warren stats. Did you know that Kenny Pickett now has the lowest touchdown rate in NFL history? That's amazing. 315 quarterbacks have attempted more than 500 passes since whenever the hell this number existed, and he's the only guy under 2% as a touchdown rate. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, Tommy DeVito's got as many touchdowns as Kenny Pickett this year. That's a bad touchdown That's bad. Uh, He also – Go ahead. I mean, Pickett hasn't played well the last couple weeks. He's not throwing the ball well. But the the multi-year view of Kenny Pickett – I will, I will still say I believe we do a good job of isolating the throws the quarterback makes. And yeah. when the grade – his grade isn't great, but it's far better I mean, than the production. Right. There's something going on schematically. And Trubisky was similar. Yes. Decent grade last year. This is the point I was about to make. Like yeah. People are out there clamoring for Mitchell coming in to fix it. And you're like, I, it's going to look the same. It's going to look the same. It might look like there might be a couple of plays here or there where Trubisky plays a little bit more like Trubisky, but the, the outcome is going to be the same. This is going to be as inept with Trubisky, a quarterback, as it was with Kenny Pickett. We've basically seen this already in both directions. Like they've changed a couple of times through injury or through uh, just changing the depth chart. It looks the same. The problem is not the quarterback specifically. The problem might also be the quarterback. Um, it's just tough to... Yeah. Completely gauge it. And then the other big talking point in this game was early in the game, safety or no safety. Miles Garrett gets through the middle, uh, another sack, gets hold of uh, Kenny Pickett at the goal line, looked for all the world like a safety, not called a safety, 
uh, and we play on. And when you show, when you see the replay, so it, it's one of those plays where you need to understand what the actual rule is, otherwise it's going to look like something it isn't necessarily. The actual rule for a safety is not like where the guy ends up. You know, oh, he was down a yard and a half inside the end zone. Irrelevant. The rule is where was the ball when contact was first made in the tackle, yeah. right? So essentially, yeah, where did forward progress stop? And the reason that's different from any other sack necessarily is because, you know, the magic of the goal line and all those kinds of things, right? So what you need to do is essentially freeze frame it at the point of contact and say, where is the football? And when you do that, it's right at the goal line. <laughs> so it might have been a safety, but it might not have been. And it's a razor thin call. Like, the line, the, the shot they have is right down the goal line, but it's like from the pylon, and it's pretty difficult to tell if it was actually, if the, either way they call it, I think you wouldn't have been able to overturn it from the replay. So, could have been a safety, might not have been. It's not the egregious no call that it looked when you just run it live. Let's talk a little bit more about Miles Garrett, okay. because uh, remember back in week two, Miles Garrett wasn't even on the stat sheet in the game against the Steelers. Did nothing in that game. Yeah, we had him outgrading T.J. Watt. We had to do a whole explain the grade and say, look, when we're grading, we're grading the block interactions. And if you go watch the film, he was whooping Dan Moore. Dude, poor Dan Moore. At left tackle. Can we just get Dan Moore not going up against Miles Garrett ever? And, and, and you highlighted this in the preview show as a matchup to watch. I said, I also And there said, were a few comments that said, no, Sam, we don't need to watch this matchup. Dan Moore doesn't give up sacks uh, against the Browns. It doesn't matter. Dan Moore is fine. And we said, back in week two, these sacks being on the left tackle, that's not the stat to look at. You look at the block interactions. So in this game, Sam, Miles Garrett almost had the same win percentage that he had way back in week two. But this time, he got there fast enough to tackle Kenny Pickett for a loss, which is called a sack. Um, and another one, Kenny Pickett held the ball long enough for Miles Garrett to get there. So the point is, Miles Garrett had a very similar game this week as he did back in week two, except we have two sacks and he was kind of in on a third. Um, so, yeah, the block interactions are what matter, and Miles Garrett remains the most unblockable player in the NFL this year. And an inch or two away from that safety. And an inch or two away I also from said that when Dan Moore doesn't have to block Miles Garrett, his pass blocking grade is like 66 or something in his career. And when he does have to block Miles Garrett, his grade is like 18. Uh, 19.3 at the moment, pending review. <laughs> so well right in the zone. Well done. So uh, Miles Dan Garrett, Moore. dominant once again. So much so that in a year where the MVP race is wide open, Ooh. there are some people saying, is this the first defensive MVP since Lawrence Taylor? On a team that has mediocre offensive production, now the starting quarterback is injured. Uh, DTR had a, a couple nice throws on the game-winning drive. But yeah. other than that, it you know, didn't do a whole lot yesterday. Right. So Miles Garrett, as the leader of one of the best defenses in the NFL, now getting his own level of MVP hype. Yeah, DTR is worth touching on at the end of this. You're right. Like, the last drive was pretty good. Everything else was not. Yeah. I think that's probably the easiest way of summing it up. Like, and how much does that matter? Is that clutch? Is that coming through in, in a pinch? I mean, they're signing Joe Flacco. So, you know, it's probably not a great sign for DTR. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple easy misses in there. Threw one that should have been picked. Um, yeah. That he kind of floated. He just kind of floats some passes up there. Which I was surprised and his, with. Like, if you look at his passing chart, I mean, they 
they weren't letting him do anything. Yeah. Like it was designed to not, you know, put the ball in harm's way and he still didn't he still put the ball in harm's way. So just a, a fascinating division. There's still everybody still um well the Bengals are five and five now, is that right? Five hundred or better in that division. Steelers are still six and four, right? And you know, are they playing Cincy next week? You know they're gonna bounce back and you know they they'll be seven and four and they're just gonna be probably sneak in as the seventh seed and nothing's gonna make sense for the Steelers, but this one, the Browns moved to seven and three here and pull out the win with the game-winning field goal.